In this, Jimmy Dean Keen is pulling his Mercedes convertible up to the front of the auto body shop for which he routinely buys junked and otherwise unwanted cars. Caroline A. Bear Goodrich is riding shotgun. The shop is in a fairly inauspicious location, surrounded by a chain-link fence that has plastic strips woven between the links so that one can't just peer through to see what's inside. There's a garage door on which is painted Fontenot Auto Body and a decidedly amateur but nonetheless very detailed rendering of a car. Jimmy had told Caroline earlier that he'd met the Fontenot brothers and their cousin at the support group for prisoners who had been released and were integrating into life outside. I hope you like these guys. They're not especially polished, but they got a certain charm. I think they're all very personable. And as she and Jimmy enter through the man door next to the garage door, that's exactly the type of person she comes to meet. Hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? A dark-haired Cajun dude is hanging out inside the garage, holding the beer. He immediately walks up, gives Jimmy high-five with his free hand. Another dark-haired Cajun dude is sitting on a folded chair, looking at a car that has its hood up, is in the process of being worked on. This dude looks over his shoulder, smiles. Like Jimmy's friend Manny, the tile repair specialist, this dude is visibly missing a tooth. But he does have a very bright and winsome smile. How you doing? I'm great, Red, Kyle. This is my girl, Caroline. Oh, Jimmy, you got a girl? The brother who had first greeted him smiles at Caroline. He does, indeed, have a certain charm. Both brothers are skinny, but this one's a bit less skinny than the other. He has shaggy hair and a mustache. Appears to have all his teeth. Party, too. Where'd you find her? Oh, he's my neighbor. Yeah, right next door. The thinner brother, who is clean-shaven, looks a bit dejected. Maybe just for show. Oh, damn. I live next door to my cousins, so that ain't gonna work out for me. Caroline also thinks this is funny. Breaks into a big smile. Yeah, you're gonna have to go a bit farther out looking. <laughs> I can get y'all a beer? Call drink? Yeah, sure, thank you. Yeah, alright, I don't mind. Thank you kindly. Mustache dude cracks open a refrigerator. It appears to be stocked with exclusively beer and soda. He hands Jimmy a beer, turns to Caroline. Would you like a beer or a cold drink? Oh, I'll take a beer, please. I love me some Abita. They've got their beverages. Jimmy asks, All right, so you got the shipment with no problem? Yup, sitting out in the yard. That's some good shit, man. Hey, thanks. Mustache brother takes this opportunity to talk Jimmy up. He's got a good eye. I know. 
The skinnier brother pops up out of the chair, accompanies the other three as they walk out to the auto yard. Jimmy's like a bloodhound. He finds the best cars. Before we got him on board, we were just selling work trucks, farm vehicles, sold us some RVs. Yeah, you want to see these guys' RVs and camping vans and all that shit. They got some good ones. I figured with my talent for finding shit and their talent for fixing it up, we'd be unstoppable. And so far, so good. This man done found us a Rolls Royce. Caroline is impressed. Did you? Yeah, I did. Is that guy from Texas still coming out to look at it? Yeah, as soon as he can get his private helicopter together or something. (laughs) The cars Jimmy had found and purchased earlier along with several others in various states of repair, are sitting in the yard. The Mercedes still has the tarp affixed over the hood and windshield. Now, you listen to me and you haven't looked at that yet, have you? Nope. I'm just following orders. Like you told us. Alright, because I wanted to be here to see your face when you do. Kyle, would you care to do the honors? Sure. The skinnier brother starts towards the car. The other brother, apparently Rhett, says, I like that truck. Hey, thanks. I thought you would. The minute I saw it, I knew. Love at first sight. Kyle has undone the tarp from the front of the Mercedes. Pulls it down. And there is a moment of stunned silence in the yard as the men and Caroline all look at this thing. Jimmy and Caroline already knew more or less what to expect, but seeing it directly is still a bit interesting. Well, that ought to be an easy fix. (laughs) All we need is a fresh windscreen and an exorcist. (laughs) yeah and uh you probably have to replace the driver's seat or at least reupholster it um you'll see why oh dear lord kyle has remained staring at this thing with a look of bemusement yeah i'll see why you had that covered i think that'd be alarming to pull alongside that on the highway me Yeah, it needs a little work. But not as much as some others I've seen, and I think the resale value ought to be pretty high. I got it for next to nothing. And you ought to be able to sell it for blue book or above once we get it, uh, rehabilitated. Yeah, good as new. Except for the haunting. (laughs) Kyle walks over to the inner door of the auto body shop opens it, shouts inside. Hey, Steve, come on out here. You gotta see this. A minute later, another man shuffles out. He resembles the Fontenot brothers, but is of the opposite body type. He's a bit heavyset, burly. He takes one look at the Mercedes, shakes his head. Oh, it's too damn early for this. It is late afternoon, early evening. The third fellow, Steve, goes back inside. Caroline has been thinking about this, and she says, You know, 
I bet you could charge more if there was a ghost. <laughs> yeah, this car comes restored and fully equipped. <laughs> exactly, that's what I mean. You ever see them real estate signs from the quarter saying, Haunted! Jimmy raises his eyebrows. No, I don't know if I have. Oh, you have. If you've been to the quarter, then you've seen it. He's trying to remember. Maybe I just wasn't sober. It's like an actual selling point. People go crazy. Want to get themselves some property with a ghost. Kyle, you remember that plantation house out in Emberville? Had a ghost? Everybody getting on that property tour trying to catch a glimpse? Yeah, how could I forget? Scary as shit, man. Oh, so you saw it? No, man, I was too scared to even go. I would like us to piss my pants. The four of them file back into the auto body shop. Kyle adds to Rhett. You recall that prison we was in? I think that was haunted, too. A couple ghosts in there. Then he shoots a look at Caroline, kind of embarrassed, unsure if she knew that they were formerly incarcerated. But she's not bothered. She's just sipping out of her beer asks casually. So, if you don't mind, what was y'all in for? Rhett responds without much shame, as though he's admitting to having a kind of embarrassing major in college. Meth. Me, I got put away for selling, and he points to Kyle, who confesses. Yeah, and I was cooking. And then we was all in for selling. We don't do none of that now. All right. You know what? It could be worse. Yeah, for sure. I mean, y'all know what Jimmy was in for. <laughs> now, I don't know. Cooking meth, I think that's worse than all that, because you ain't got to be too smart. I don't know, though. Not like I'm condoning it or whatever, but it's kind of like science, right? Kyle thinks about this. Offers a grateful, still sheepish smile. Yeah, I suppose that's a real optimistic way of looking at it. She smiles at him in return. Doesn't want to see this guy suffer. If Rhett is suffering, he has not shown it a bit. He agrees. Yeah, my brother is a chemist. I was a businessman. We're just in the wrong line of business. Yeah, that's the way to look at it, my guy. Jimmy pats him on the shoulder, decides not to leave Kyle out of the camaraderie, pats him too. I was a fairly talented accountant. I just, um, use my skills in a unconstructive manner. And then I lost my license, so... I technically can't do it anymore, but I'm not going to let that stop me. Just like you haven't let your um, business venture stop you. Now I still got the same skills. That's right, and you're damn good at it. Kyle has sat in his folding chair again. He's idly rolling his beer bottle between his hands. Can't say I enjoyed prison much, but I sure learned a lot in the mechanic shop. 
Now, this kid's been tinkering since he was knee-high. Kyle accepts this compliment, looking a bit bashful. There is obvious rapport between those two when they look at each other. It's clear they have a very strong brotherly relationship. Rhett's expression has some strong element of pride. Caroline tells them earnestly, I'm just glad y'all survived. That's some dangerous business. Yep, it sure can be. Get on the wrong side of somebody and... Yeah, don't I know. My daddy sold meth back in the day. He did not live to talk about it. Oh, shit. Now both the Fontenots are concerned, but interested. They're looking at her, awaiting what she'll say next. Jimmy's looking, too, trying to keep tabs on her emotional state. But she doesn't appear too bothered to talk about this. Yeah, he got killed by some of his associates. Never got caught. This was way back in the day, though, when Crank was mostly all between bikers and such, so it's no wonder that there be some trouble resulting in a murder. Two murders, technically, because his girlfriend was in the wrong place at the wrong time, unfortunately. Collateral damage. Rhett's eyebrows crease. Hold on, what's your people's name? Gidry. Where was this? Outside Walker. It was in, like, what, 65, 66? Now there's recognition between both the brothers. Oh, I remember we heard about this. Our folks used to talk about it. It was a shooting, right? Execution style. Everybody died except his baby daughter. Yep, that was the one. They're famous. It was in all the papers. Think it was probably on the news and all. I know the police still talk about it. Though, of course, they ain't gonna do nothing about it. Doubt there's anything they could at this point. Yeah, our folks was always using that as a cautionary tale. Uh, understandably. Jimmy had been unaware that this event was semi-famous locally, at least among certain circles. But hearing about it again, he understands why. Not like we listen. <laughs> well, I can't judge you. Not what I did with my life, but I coulda. There but for the grace and all. Caroline shrugs. Still doesn't look negatively affected by sharing this information. Kyle might have been, since he's cracked out a baggie of wheat and has started to roll a joint. Don't do drugs, y'all. <laughs> oh, ma'am. This ain't gonna bother you, is it? Oh, hell no. I love weed, me. Yeah, this girl can smoke me right under the table. You should see her rip a bung. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my better accomplishments. Psst. Jimmy walks over to stand by her. The ice, if there was any, has been thoroughly broken. All the people here are friends now. So I've been thinking, with that car... We probably don't need to tell anybody what went down. No, that's what I was saying. I don't think you're legally obligated to disclose that information. 
And besides, we technically don't know what actually went down. Plausible deniability. (sighs) But I'm figuring if the buyer returns within the first two weeks saying, Shit, man, this car got a ghost. Rhett puts a hand up, offering this option to the floor. I say we take it back, no questions asked. Jimmy and Kyle are in favor of this. They shrug, nod. That's a solid idea that's honest without being self-sabotaging. Then we can turn around, sell it out of Marco to the next whoever on account of this car come fully equipped with a ghost. Jimmy points at him. Genius. Kyle puts the completed joint in his mouth, smiles around it very brightly and genuinely. (coughs) We were talking earlier. Caroline puts a hand on Jimmy's shoulder. A car or a house or something is old enough? You don't know. hundred people could have died in it. Somebody died of a heart attack inside? If it's a car, it could have run somebody over. It's a house. Somebody fall down the stairs, break their neck. You don't know. It's just kind of come with the territory. You can't get your panties in too big of a twist over it. Brett likes this take. He nods, looking at Jimmy. Unspoken admiration on his face. Kyle expresses his respect by offering Caroline the joint. Mim, thank you, Kyle. She holds it in for a minute. Smiles, passes the joint to Jimmy. Brett's nodding. He is 100% on board with Jimmy's taste in women. Jimmy smokes a joint a minute. Thinking, Big Dick Dean, back on the horse. (coughs) Here you go, man. Rhett is next in the rotation. Goes off to an interior door. It leads to an office. Steve's in there on a computer with his back to them. Steve, you want in on this? No, man, I'm good, thank you. I. Rhett shuts him back in there. Had to check. You know, you all fought knows. I think our families must have intermarried way back because I got a cousin that is a Fontenot Guidry. Hmm. Wouldn't surprise me none. Maybe it's just a coincidence. Doubt it. We related to all the Fontenots, so it must have been one of us. Hey, you want to see pictures of some cars that we done up? Yeah, sure, I'd love that. Let me see your handiwork. We show you that rolls that Jimmy dug up, but we got that under lock and key. Somewhere else. Yeah, we do not trust the riffraff of Greater Slidell area not to break in here and, you know, try to get some alone time with that car. Oh, fancy, huh? You want to know the story? Yeah, of course I do. This is a no-brainer. Jimmy knew that. So this car was like a local legend. Like the White Deer or some shit. 
For years, people were saying there was a Rolls Royce parked in the garage of this hoarder house. This guy had just been keeping shit for 50 years or something. But, you know, nobody's really going to believe that. Nobody had laid eyes on it for sure, so it was just a myth. The local gossip, right? But then the guy died, and his son had an estate sale. Jimmy pulls a face. So we got wind of it, and the brothers here sent me over there on a fact-finding mission. So I turn up, and this guy was not real enthusiastic about shoveling all his old man's shit out of this house. So he was not doing real brisk business. I rock up. I said, hey man, so I heard the legend of this Rolls Royce. And he said, oh yeah, it's right over here. Rips open this garage door. And there it is. I see the front end of it, the grill, the one headlight, and the hood ornament. But that's about all you could see because the rest of the garage was stacked. I shit you not. Floor to ceiling. Bullshit. Oh. Jimmy points back and forth between the Fontenots, who have by this time cracked out a photo album of their greatest restoration hits. They both nod. They have kind of thousand-yard stares on their faces, recalling this hoarder garage. But, I mean, it's a Rolls fucking Royce. I said, all right, how much you asking? And he gave me this insane lowball offer. He says, but I don't know if it starts, no idea where the keys are, and you gotta dig it out yourself. So I thought about it for uh, half a hot minute and said, all right, sold. And these guys and Steve came over, and it took us how long, fellas? Um, two and a half days? Yeah. But we got it out. Mint fucking condition. It had probably been sitting there untouched for like 20, 30 years. Hardly a scuff on it. Keys were in the glove box. Thank God. These two did a little tinkering and that thing started right up. You don't even know. It was like opening King Tut's tomb or something. I don't even know. I can't even describe it. The Fontenots both look so pleased at this recollection that it gives some further hints. Oh god, that's like an emotional moment. I'm feeling it over here, me. Yeah, I'd love to show you this thing. If nothing else, I'll take a picture. Alright. She smiles at him. He smiles back. Got to tell his real-life big fish tale. So they begin looking at the other pictures of these other cars that have passed through the business recently. Shoot the shit for a while. Hanging out. Towards the end of the evening, the group comes to a kind of unspoken consensus around the same time that they ought to go put the tarp back over the death car (laughs) to minimize the impact of looking at it before they can get it fixed. And while they're all out there doing that, Caroline looks around the auto yard a bit and notices a mural on the wall. The cinder block wall has been painted top to bottom in black, except for a silhouette of a person who is pretty clearly Jimmy, based on the height and build. 
And the silhouette is wearing what looks to her eyes like an astronaut suit. Jimmy notices her looking, comes over to her. Yeah, this is me, as a star man. He points down to the outline of his feet on the wall. Caroline notices that there is some space between the soles of his boots and the ground, as though he's levitating in zero gravity. Well, dang, it looks like you're an artist model, too. (laughs) Don't surprise me. Whether it's the weed, the beer, or just how his brain naturally works, he reminisces about the day the mural was painted, in which he was hung over as fuck, helping the Fontenots paint the shell of an RV that they'd stripped down to the metal both in and out. They'd all been wearing full-body coveralls and fume hoods with a face shield, using industrial spray painters. But even so, nobody had really wanted to be responsible for painting the inside of this thing, due to the close quarters and all. But Jimmy had just been so over everything that eventually he had figured, what the fuck? Stepped inside. He can still remember the noise. And his field of vision had literally gone black because of the spray paint. When he stepped back out, He knew he himself was also spray-painted top to bottom, from head to feet. The Fontenots had looked at him. Wow, I guess that suit's a total loss. No, I don't know. I'm seeing the potential for... I think we could use it on Halloween. Alright, well, let me turn around and you guys can get the back. But then they'd given this some thought. Hold up. So a short while later, Jimmy found himself standing on a box in the auto yard, facing what was then a blank wall. Pretend like you're floating. He hadn't been too far out of that head space to begin with, so he'd picked a pose that he knew he could hold for a couple minutes without any problems. He can remember the sound of his own voice inside the hood. All right, do your worst. And they had unleashed the spray paint hoses on him. Kind of like a firing squad, but a lot more fun. And he had thought, not what Dean Carney ever thought he'd be doing of an afternoon, but here I am. <laughs>